is our special guest speaker this morning. Uh, he's the president of Christian Life College. And yes. <laughs> and he, uh, it just so happens that he gets to be here the weekend that we're starting to prepare for Ascension. Uh, we always try to make that happen, but it happened coincidentally. He's not usually in town over the weekend, so we're glad to have him and give him a proper welcome this morning to Thank Pastor you. Harry. Thanks, Jen. <clears throat> Wow, I'm pleasured to be introduced by my daughter, who I introduced to you when she was born. So it's taken a long time to get this introduction, you know, reversed, but it's, it's, it's a delight. Well, good morning, everybody. Ah, it's a little anemic. Good morning, everybody. Because you're not saying hello to me, you're saying hello to God, right? Say, good morning, Father God. Yeah, right, amen. Well... It's a delight to be here. First of all, I want to uh, thank you for praying for uh, my wife, Donna, who's with us today. She had surgery this week, and she's already rebounding quite well. And I'm sure it's because I became her male nurse and, uh, you, know, you know, all those things. But, uh, well, Donna, it's great to see you. You're, you're looking good today. She's going to be traveling with me out of state this afternoon. Uh, and I want to I brag on her just a little bit because... Um, um, we happened to be on loan to our home church in Iowa. Donna's father was my pastor. And uh, actually, Donna led me to the Lord when we were both 12. And um, we've been serving the Lord for a long time. And our home church is without a pastor. And so uh, Pastor Darrell's graciously allowed us to be down there. The commute's a little tough, uh, uh, 200 miles every Saturday and and then you do all kinds of stuff with church leadership and that on Saturday. And then you minister on Sunday and then drive back. Uh, but uh, not bad. But a couple weeks ago, we had our chili uh, cook-off like CLC does. And uh, in the past, Donna has on occasion uh, gotten an award for chili here. But I'm happy to announce that all of the skills that she gained by the chili cook-offs here in Chicago have paid off because uh, we just had our chili cook-off, and she received first place for mild chili. Donna did, our own Donna. Yeah, yeah, oh yes, oh yes, yes. And we have a chili wall of fame, and, and, and her name is going to be going up there next week. But now listen, not only did she win the mild chili, but she won first place in the best chili overall. I mean to tell you. Woo! And uh, thank you for praying for our small church there. It's doubled in size in the last six months. And uh, we've had the largest chili supper in its history. We know how to serve beans in Iowa, I tell you. <laughs> and talking about Iowa, we're delighted and pleasured to have with us today Pastor Mike and Christine Bell. Pastor Mike is the associate pastor of a Methodist church in Clinton, Iowa. Christine, is. Uh, I'm thrilled and proud to have her. Uh, an opportunity of knowing that she's my niece. And Pastor Mike was our youth pastor for a number of years before accepting this position. And Christina was our registrar, and she worked with Helping Hands. So I'm going to invite them to stand. It's good to see them back, and uh, it's nice to have them here today. They pastor north of us in Clinton, Iowa. We, we kind of work on the south end or the central part in 
in uh, Davenport, and this is the first time we've seen each other uh, in, in about a year. So, you know, it's, we're, we're, we're close, and they had to come to Chicago to see her favorite uncle. I mean, an, an uncle, I'm sorry, uh, an uncle. Hey, thank you for being a part of this upcoming Ascension Convention. Can you imagine 34 years? There's some people here that are not even 34 years old, and some of you are much older than 34, and you've been a part of so many of those. Think about it, 34 years. We started 34 years ago on April 4th, 1985. Great year, great day for two reasons. Why? We started in our gymnasium, and we thought maybe if we had 70 kids out, we'd be thrilled. We had 300 kids out for our first Ascension Convention, 300. And, uh, but what was more important for Don and I is that April 4th, that very same morning, our daughter Jennifer was born six weeks early. Six weeks early, she wanted to come to the First Ascension Convention. She wanted to be there. As Pastor Merrill says, she's truly a Schmidt, never wants to, never wants to miss a crowd. So uh, she came early that, that, that day. And, and so, of course, me, you know, I'm the only man that would ask this question because uh, Donna was in, she was in labor and so forth. And as she was kind of getting prepped and everything, I asked her, I said, now, do you think, you think the baby will come before, before you know, before... Uh, can we kind of keep this thing on schedule? I mean, you know. <clears throat> I'm the only man that's ever done that dumb thing, right? You know, because, you know, I, I, I was a man under assignment. Ascension Convention's great opportunity. If you haven't joined us, please do. Even if you are only able to come in the evenings, you will find the atmosphere just charged up with energy. It is fantastic. It's at the O'Hare Hyatt. And of all of the contracts, whether it's business or computers or whether it's another trade show, whether it's a medical program, uh, our, our contract, this church and this college, we have the longest running contract in the history of that Hyatt Hotel. The longest running contract. I think we need to say praise God for that, amen? It is great. We actually have a youth group that have raised their money, and they're flying in from Houston, Texas this year. Uh, yes, it's not Joel Osteen's church, but anyway, once he hears about it, he'll want to come as well. Uh, I'm sure of that. Uh, and then we have another youth group that's flying in from Colorado. Wow, isn't that great? Now, here's how you can help. Number one, primary. Number one, number one, everyone needs to bathe this event in prayer. That, that, that is number one. Because if, it, if it's not covered in prayer, it's covered with the wrong stuff, right? Pray. You can pray for safety and security. You can pray for massive healings, massive anointings of God, massive moments of the Lord. We encounter people all the time, all the time, who will say, oh, um, yeah, I attended that convention in 1987, and I received Jesus Christ. Oh, I was there in 88 when there was the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where 300 kids were filled with the Holy Spirit simultaneously at the Hyatt. Oh, I was there, and I, 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 I gave up drugs. Uh, we, we're encountering that all the time. We've got people who are leading major music groups, who are, who are major industries of, of Christian entertainment and Christian writers and Christian speakers, all have come through the Ascension Convention. 
Now, maybe you can only bring a case of water and bring that or bring some snacks or create cups of coffee. Or if you can help us set up or help us register and monitor the kids. And oh, by the way, our mascot, our favorite mascot is going to be there this year again, Pastor Fred Job, our favorite mascot. He is going to be there again this year also. So you'll want to come so Pastor Fred can tell you what to do. I mean, I'll tell you where to go. No, I, that'll be a good time. Our lesson for living today is found in Psalm 91. I, I know that by now you've already turned there. And what a beautiful, beautiful pictorial background about Psalm 91. And before we get into uh, the, the depths of some of the passages, let me just kind of give you the background of it. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, Orthodox Jewish rabbis, and I, I actually am a part of, I, I meet uh, with about 30 Jewish Orthodox rabbis. And, and uh, uh, I have a great connection with this core of Jewish rabbis out in San Francisco in California and New York, and I travel there to be with them there, out in California. We've been to Israel together. Uh, and, and so I, I, I have this network of good, good, godly Orthodox rabbis who I, I query and ask, and they ask questions back. And uh, they tell me that this psalm was, was a notable psalm. It's, it's of course, one of, probably one of the most well-recited psalms by both our Judaic friends and our Christian brothers and sisters. Because look at, listen to these words. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Verse number one. And abides in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. They tell us that this psalm was, was a psalm that was recited as the pilgrims would be coming from the Negev desert or to uh, down by the Dead Sea or up and by the upper Galilee region by the Canaret or, or maybe over there uh, by the shores of the Mediterranean, but more in the foothills of the Judean mountains. They would come from all over Israel and they would come on pilgrimage because two or three times a year they would make their way up to Jerusalem and making their way up to Jerusalem would be just that. It stands about 3,800 foot above sea level, so you have to get there by going uphill, walking. And, and, and they would be coming from all over the country. And, and of course, there was a lot of just stuff that would go on there because some of the people were traveling through areas that were perhaps unsafe. And, and, and so they would use this psalm. They would recite this psalm because they would, they would look at this psalm as a psalm that would say, I can trust the Lord. I'm going up to the Lord's presence. I'm going up to Zion, and as I'm walking, there's not going to be any snakes that can bother me. The adders can't get a hold of me, any marauders. I am safe because I'm going into the presence of God. And I want you to know today, when you intend to go into the presence of Almighty God, you are going to make it safely. God is always going to make a way for you to come into his presence. Can I hear an amen? God wants us to come into his presence. Then they often tell us that this was a psalm that people would read and or recite to their family. Christine and Mike have their two boys with us, and many of you have children. And so many of the Jewish families, before they would retire at night, they would have their children recite this psalm. Or they would have their families recite it. Because again, it's a psalm that, that speaks about the you can be safe in God. Well, now listen. We live in a day and an era where safety is really key. 
It's the buzzword, isn't it? Everything's about safety, about safety. Recently, Art, who's with us today, Art and I traveled to Israel about three weeks ago. And, and uh, we were about to get on the plane when all of a sudden, Art was selected for deeper security screening before we could get on the plane. Art, over here, blonde-haired Art from Finland, yes. I felt safer knowing that they selected him for deeper screening. And then, <laughs> did I feel safer? I did, wow. I mean, I, I felt much more secure. And they, and they talked to him probably for 20 minutes. I mean, to tell you, I mean, he is, sh well, no, he's not shady. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, yeah, safety. You go into the back workroom of many of your department stores and workplaces, in, 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 the, in the lunchrooms of the employees, there's going to be a sign that's mandated to be there by the federal government and OSHA saying, uh, safety first. Safety first. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you have, have a password to one of your bank accounts? May I see your hands? I'm not asking you for your bank number. Uh, how many, let me see, how many got a pass? Now, let me ask you this. How many have multiple passwords to lots of things? Multiple. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, and, and uh, they're crazy. These passwords are crazy because they tell you it's got to have at least six letters, some uppercase, some lowercase. Then it has to have numbers, and it can't be numbers that are related to your birthday or anniversary. And, and, and so you've got these high numbers and low numbers, long numbers and short numbers. And, 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 you, and then there's security questions. Uh, what did you have on your first birthday? Uh, how many layers was your birthday cake? Uh, where, did you go on, where did you go on your, on your honeymoon? All kinds of things. What's, what's your wife's name? Uh, well, I don't know her name. I just call her babe. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so what, what, I, what I have done is that I have written all my passwords down, and I put them in a little black book, right? A little black book. However, I, I can't remember where I put it. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, this whole thing about safety. But you know what? This psalm really speaks about eternal safety. And this psalm is probably the most important psalm that you and I could have to reassure us that when you're in God, everything is going to be all right. You've often heard the phrase, hey, don't worry, I've got you covered. I'll often buy somebody something at one of our, my very, when I invite people out and buy them a lunch, I always take them to the nicest places right up here at Mickey D's, my favorite spot. I walk in, they know that I'm going to be buying, and I'll say to whoever I'm there with, don't worry, I've got you covered, got you covered. Well, they didn't want to use the phrase, got you covered. That sounds like I can't speak good English. Uh, so here, I have you covered. God wants you and I to know today that you and I are covered by the hand of Almighty God. I am very safe and secure because I'm covered in Almighty God. Now, have any of you done this, taken your fingers like this, and when you see a friend and somebody, what do you do? You go like this, and then what do you do? You do and then what do you do with them? You go like that, right? Yeah. What does that mean, huh? I, I see you. I've got you covered. Now listen, right now, right now, our Heavenly Father is looking down, and he's doing this. I got you covered, got you covered. Because we're going to talk about three simple aspects of, in this psalm. First of all, we're talking about being safely abiding in his presence. 
Notice what he says again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the presence of Almighty God. And then he uses four different titles for God. Verse number three, he's the one who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and the deadly pestilence. And he'll cover you with his wings and, and, the, and his faithfulness will shield you like a, a bulwark. God wants you to know that, that he's intimately involved in your life. Let me tell you this. God created the world in six days and he built this wonderful place for us to live in and to live with. This wonderful place called the earth. But what you see up here on the screen is what you need to realize. God is not an absentee landlord. He did not set this earth up to then step back from it and say, okay, do your best with what you've got. No, he's not the kind of landlord that, that looks for a rent to come, a rent payment to come once a month in the mail from you or I or to have an automatic withdrawal from our account. God's not the God who says, hey, listen, as long as you keep those tithes coming to me on a weekly or semi-monthly basis, your, your, your rent for being here, I'm okay. God is intimately involved in my life. God is intimately involved in your life. And many times you and I don't see it, but he is safely keeping us daily. And here's four different names that he uses. In just verse 1 and 2, he, 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 he gives you four names to utilize. He says, I am Elion. To you, he says, I'm the most high God. There may be other gods that you encounter, false gods, counterfeit gods, but God says, I'm the most high God. He goes on to say, I'm your Shaddai. I'm the Almighty. What do you need, Paul Allen? Don't worry, Paul Allen. I am your Shaddai. I, everything you need, Paul Allen, I'm going to provide it for you in the name of God. Amen? Amen. Everybody reach out your hand and say to Brother Paul right now, you've got it, brother. You've got it. Amen? You've got it. Amen. God's got him covered in the name of the Lord. Amen? God's El Shaddai, the Almighty God, is overwhelming and covering him. Then he says, I'm going to be your Yahweh. I'm going to be your Yahweh, your personal Lord. And then he finally goes on to say, I'm going to be your Elohim, my God. But you see, the secret about being safely secure and abiding in God is that one word it says there. He who abides in the secret place. You see, a lot of people treat the presence of God like an emergency room. You only go there when you have to. And the bad thing about emergency rooms, it's just, it, an emergency room reminds me of two things. Number one, it's very sterile. It's not very nice and comfortable, amen? There's just not a lot of nice things in an emergency room. And secondly, an emergency room has been misnamed. It really should be called the waiting room. And when you go to the waiting room, I mean the emergency room, and you think that you've got a problem, and you sit there and you begin looking over the audience that's waiting with you, you begin to feel healed immediately. And you... But you see, a lot of us utilize the presence of God, and when we think about the word abiding, we think about the presence of God as something where we can duck into his presence and duck back out. But you see, God would rather have you and I Look at his presence. It's not being an emergency room, but our family room. Amen. 
Most of you have family rooms, and that's where your pictures of your families are at. That's where things are comfortable. That's where you have the, the throw blankets so you can cover yourself up on, on the couch when you're sitting there at night. That's where all the snacks come, right? Snacks. And they're never very far away. I mean, family rooms are comfortable because you see the word abide in the, in the Hebrew means spend the night there. Overnight like you're staying in a hotel or an inn. You don't dash in, you don't dash out. You're actually right there. See, when I come into the presence of God, it's not because I'm there on an emergency. It's because every day, wherever I'm at, I'm in my family room with God. And right now, right now, I am in the abiding presence of God. As I'm standing here speaking to you right now, you may not be able to understand what I'm saying, but right now, I feel like I'm standing in the abiding presence of God. Notice what the Lord's Prayer says. He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Say it now with me. Thy kingdom come, and what else? Thy will be done. If you study the background and you study that in Greek, basically it's this, wherever Wherever his kingdom is, that's where the king is. And listen, I know the king. How many of you know the king? How many of you know the king? I know the king. You know the king. And if you know the king, that's where his kingdom is. I am and you are the kingdom of God moving throughout the world. Hallelujah. And wherever God's kingdom is, the king is. So in my life today, I am walking in with the king. Hallelujah. I have the king in my life. You know what the passage, of course, in John talks about when Jesus says in, in John's gospel, he says, in my Father's house are many rooms. You know there's room for you in his presence today? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17 says that Christ may dwell or abide in your hearts. I'm just glad that God is not an absentee landlord. But not only do I have an opportunity of, of safely abiding in him, secondly, I have the opportunity of safely trusting in him. Safely trusting. We'll, we'll allow you to look at these verses, but when you have time, you're wanting to look at verse number 11 through verse number 13 and, 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 and just, just read that passage because in those few verses it says there's just, there's just really basically what it says in those passages is what you see on the board. There is no place that the Father is not. And you need to write that down in your spirit. There's no place that the Father is not. By personal choice, I can begin to trust in God. And when I place my trust in Him, I can realize that no matter where I am, He is, and I can place my trust in Him because I'm never, ever alone. You see, nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. God is never off guard. You may have heard this phrase. It's not original with me, but I like it. Here's what the phrase says. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? Think about that. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? God just isn't ever startled. He's never caught off guard. He's never, he's never taken by surprise. He 
is watching over you. You are covered by the presence of God. Nothing is ever taken by surprise. I, I, I encounter people all the time within all the ministries that I traverse with, and I, I hear people praying, oh God, give me the victory. Oh God, give me the victory. Oh God, give me the victory. And those are very real, sincere people, and I would never want to counter their prayer, but may I just say something confidently in you? If the king is in your life, then the kingdom is in your life, and you're a kingdom person, and wherever you're walking around, the kingdom is walking around, and the king is walking with you. And as Pastor Darrell saw in the spirit last night, he saw the lion unleashed, just walking alongside. And every once in a while, as Pastor Merrill said today, he encircles you. Let me tell you this. I walk around in life, and I've got the lamb on one side, and i got the lion on the other side. I am well covered, and so are you today. Hallelujah. Woo! My lens. So listen, I don't have to pray for a victory. Now listen to this. I don't have to pray for a victory. I pray from the victory. I don't have to pray for the victory. I pray from a position of victory. For you and I, the victory has already been won. Hallelujah. In these verses of Scripture, it tells about the fact that God has made angels to become assigned to us. And angels have been sent by God to be with us. One of our favorite all-time speakers who's now in the presence of the Lord, Dr. Bob Cornwall, used to say, God gave me two angels. And he said, one sits on one shoulder and one sits on the other shoulder. And he even had a name for both of those angels. Now, some of you probably need about 12 Uh, but we do have angelic presence around us and they are assigned for two purposes read this in verse 11 through verse 13 they're assigned to guard you and they're assigned to guide you every once in a while we encounter a situation where we, 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 we saw a, a, what could have been an impending accident and we might have been involved with it and, you, and you've made it through and you say Whew, thank you Lord for guarding me but you realize that you're being guarded when you don't even realize it? You're being kept from a whole lot of stuff. Amen? God is protecting you all the time, and you don't even know what those specific things are. And it's probably better that you don't. But God's angels are protecting you. And I really believe this with all my heart. I believe when I ask God for God's direction, God will, in those angelic moments, he'll guide us as well. Not only guard my life, but he'll guide me. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered of the Lord. Ordered of the Lord. Thirdly, we could look at the fact that not only am I safely abiding in him. Why do I abide in him? I abide in him all the time because I trust him. I'm safely abiding in him. I'm safely trusting him. But this is, boy, this is the bottom line. I am safely, number three, I'm safely receiving from him. I'm safely receiving from him. Wow. God is a God who gives good stuff. Amen good stuff. You see, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. 
But what this, these last verses, in fact, let's look at them. Let's look at, uh, if you would, let's look at uh, Psalm 91 again, but let's look at these last verses. Listen to the intimacy, verse number 14. Because he has loved me, and that's referring to you, that's referring to me, that's referring to your children, your grandchildren. Because he loved me, therefore I will what? Deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and, and let him behold my salvation. You see, I, I understand that people say, well, God loves everybody. I want to say this. God does not love us all. I'll repeat it so that I'm not misheard. God does not love us all. He loves us each. He loves Vince by name. We could say, God loves all of the Italians. But it's better for Vince to be able to say, he loves me. We could say, yes, God loves us all. But those who have come to say, Lord, I'm going to give you my life and I'm going to allow my life to follow you and I'm going to, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to put my entire family in you. I'm going to put everything I am in. I, you know, that you move from being one that's loved as all to being one who's loved each. Because God knows my name. God knows your name. He says to Jeremiah, even as you're being formed in your mother's room, I what? I knew you. You see, how, how can I begin to know that I can say, my father? And here's the formula. How do you become a son or a child of God? Let me just mention to you this. Uh, he becomes my father. He becomes your father. Catch this now. He becomes your father by conception, by divine conception, and not by physical creation. Every day around the world, thousands of babies are born and are given life. They're given, they're given the opportunity of being physically born, physically created. But that doesn't make them a child of the Lord, does it? What makes them a child of the Lord is when they receive that spiritual divine conception of receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then I'm divinely conceived as a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter, and he knows me by name. Now, notice what it says up there. God will never get arrested for child neglect. Not that anybody could arrest him anyway, right? But God never neglects his kids. Never neglects his kids. And so, let's now look at this last verse or two, verse number 15. The person that loves me the person that I know by name, the person that calls upon me, the one that I call upon because I say I love them, I love my kids, and because I love my kids, he says this, I will do these things. I'm going to ask Brent to come up here. Brent, come and stand next to me. Brent, thank you for being here today. Brent Matthews. Let's give it up for Brent Matthews. Brent, Brent, yeah, yeah. Brent is an, a football aficionado, he thinks. 
Uh, but uh, he gets frustrated with football. Now, doesn't this guy look sharp? Doesn't, what a dude. What a dude. Wow. Now, now he's, he's serving. Uh, he graduates this year from our, our college. And Brent um, is uh, an intern. He's serving with us as an intern. And I think he's the best-dressed intern we have in this auditorium today. I mean, man, I wish I could afford what you got on. Who am I tell you? They pay you good being an intern around here, don't they? Wow, I mean to tell you. Well, now, listen, Brent. Look over to your right. Who's that, who's that lady that's over there? What's her name? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine, would you stand? Catherine. And, 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 and yeah. Now, Catherine... I mean, Brent, who is Catherine to you? She is my very amazing fiancé. Oh, very amazing fiancé. Now, 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 Brent, now I'm going I'm, I'm to ask you a question. This is a test. Here's a question. Brent, I don't know when this took place. I don't know, but I'm sure it was a romantic setting. I'm just like Luke. I mean, Luke is a romanticist. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of Luke Merrill? I mean... Uh, if he was just a little bit more energized and a little bit more happy in life, if Brent, I mean, if, if he could just smile, well, well uh, if, if he could be here, Luke, Luke is up doing his ministry, so he can't be here. So you're vicariously answering this next question for you and Luke, so don't mess this up, okay? Don't mess this up. Okay, so the night that you, the night that you took her aside and you proposed to her, uh, did, you, did you get on your knee? Oh, that's nice. Oh. Took a long time to get back up, didn't it? <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, you got down on your knee, and, and you took her by hand, or, or okay, and w did you ask her a question? I did. Okay, and, what, and here's the key. Okay, here it is. Now, don't mess this up. What did you ask her? Will Kath you marry me? Oh, will you marry me? And what did she say? Yes. Okay, okay, go ahead. So he asked the question, will you marry me? Now, for, for you and, and, and Luke, that was the easiest question you could ask. Because you asked, will you marry me? June 1st, Pastor Luke is going to get married. On Labor Day, he's getting married. But listen, the easy question came when he asked, will you marry me? Because in September and in June, Luke will be standing in front of the pastor looking at his, his, his bride-to-be, and you're going to be looking at Catherine. And the pastor is going to begin to declare what he would call the declaration of intent. Get this down. Get this down. Declaration of intent. And he's going to ask you a series of questions. And they're all going to be, they're going to be like this. Brent, will you? Brent, will you? Brent, will you? You're going to lose track of how many times he asked that question, will you? Because in front of everybody, he's going to expect you to make a vow to Catherine. Will you take care of her? Will you love her? Will you support her? Will you obey her? I mean, no, not obey her. No, don't forget that. that, that I'm sorry, that's, that's not part of the script. A whole bunch. All right. Let's give him a, a, a good round of applause. All right. Now, now look, look, at that, look at that verse because all of a sudden, listen to this. If you're abiding in God, if you're trusting in God, you're going to begin, number three, receiving from God. 
And God is never going to get arrested for child neglect because God in that verse gives you, notice this, look it up on the board, look it up there. God begins to give you an eight points where God says, you can put it up right now, thank you. God says here, I will, and eight times God says, eight times in that, in, that, in that one verse, verse 15 and 16, God says, if you abide with me and you trust in me, you're going to receive these eight things from me. And God says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Say them with me together. Number one, I'm going to what? I will what? Deliver. Number two, I'm going to what? protect. Number three, I'm going to what? Answer you. Number four, I'm going to what? Be with you. Number five, I'm going to what? Rescue you. I'm going to what? Honor you and what? Satisfy you and what? Show you the way of salvation for all of your life. That's worth a big praise the Lord. Amen. Wow. Now Brent and Luke have got a lot to fulfill. But I mean to tell you this, God has no problem fulfilling these eight things because he's your Yahweh. He's your Shaddai. He's the Almighty. He's the Lord. He's the one that gives you life. He is everything to you. And God says, when you're in me and I'm in you, you can take these eight things to the spiritual bank. Amen. Stand with me. In the name of the Lord. And now we're going to do Psalm 91 in a contemporary fashion. Take your hands out of your pockets. Men, get your, pocket, your hands out of your wife's wallet. You can't have anything of her. I know she's got more money than you. Keep your hands out of her. Listen, you may not remember, maybe you don't recite, maybe, maybe you can't remember everything about Psalm 91, but here's what God wants you to do. Every day, he wants to pace yourself. He wants you to pace yourself in God. P-A-C-E. P-A-C-E. Now, whether or not you recite Psalm, 20, Psalm 91, you can pace yourself with God. So let your hands be free. Every day before you go to bed at night or in the morning when you wake up or sometime during the day, you can do these four things. Number one, put your hands out like this. And P stands for I will praise you, God. Let's begin doing that. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. Oh, tell him. Praise him. Praise him. What has God done for you? Tell him. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Hallelujah. Father, I praise you. God, I praise you for your goodness. Whoa. I praise you, God. Oh, Lord, I praise you. Come on, let him hear you praising him. Oh, praise the Lord. I, I give you praise. I give you glory. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, why do you want to praise the Lord? Listen to this. Praise is worry turned inside out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah, Father. I praise you because I'm going to turn my worry inside out. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to praise you. Secondly, praise draws the presence of God. When you begin to praise the Lord, it draws God even closer to you. And thirdly, you're going to want to praise the Lord because the devil is allergic to praise. A, put your hands out this way. Act like my daughter Jennifer when she was about six years old. And she knew that dad was coming back from one of his ministry trips. 
and that dad loved to buy dresses for his little girl and dolls and toys. I would never come home ever without two or three dresses or something. I, 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 would, I, would, I would bring big suitcases so I could bring things home for my girl. And she, 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 she trained me well. I mean, I, she, she recognized that. And so here's Jennifer. I'd come home. She'd have her hands out saying, Dad, Dad, what do you have for me today? Because the A is this. You place your hands out and you say, Lord, I, 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 I freely accept. Say that. I freely accept. Say this now. I what freely? I freely accept everything you have for me. Just close your eyes and begin. Put your hands out. Begin saying that to the Lord. Lord, whatever you have for me, I accept you, Father. Father God, whatever you have for me, I accept it. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for health. I accept your health today. I accept your healing today. I accept your provision. I accept it, Lord. I accept your favor today. Hallelujah. Now put your hands up. Put your hands up. Walk around like this. Walk. Lord, I've given you my praise. I reached out my hands to accept whatever you have for me. I'm ready to receive. But now, Lord, here. Lord, I surrender. I give you control of my life. Oh, hallelujah. Just, just turn around from, oh, I give you control of my life. Here I, oh, Lord, hallelujah. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Listen to this. Listen, folks. If you follow the will of God, God will lead you in the ways of God. Whatever you need, you're going to receive because of the will of God. The will of God provides the provision of God. If you're walking in his will, he's going to make it possible. So, Father, I give you the control of my life. I want you to repeat this next phrase. Lord, I give you permission to make the choices for me. Hallelujah. Now, one more real quickly. Put them out here. Put them out, way out here. Woo, but but, but kind, of, kind of go like this. Kind of, oh, Lord, I expect big things from you. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. I want you to turn around and say, God, I, we have great expectations for Christian Life Church. Say it. Great expectations. Hallelujah. For Christian Life Church. Great expectations for this family. Great expectations I have for Donna. I have great expectations for Jennifer. She's going to do much in God. Hallelujah. Express your expectations. I expect a better life for my children. I expect to be going places in God. I expect, I expect, I expect, I expect. Hallelujah. Pastor Merrill's going to come. Let's give the Lord a clap offering in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll see you outside. Buy a t-shirt. Support the cause. If you need 10 bucks, see Pastor Merrill. Amen. On. I've just, they turned the mic off when I got to say, see Brother Harry, he's the one that travels the world and has all the stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I stay at home most of the time. Most. <laughs> uh, let's have our blessing. You ready to receive it? We've already received the word of the Lord. There's not a thing that needs to be said. I, I, I just appreciate Brother Harry. We've known each other for 50 years, and, and uh, anytime he speaks, he has the word of the Lord. It's great. The old blessing that Moses received said, the Lord bless you today and he protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Let's receive the peace, the favor, the graciousness, and the protection of the Lord as we go. God bless you. Greet one another. And take that message with you and dwell on it. God bless you all. Amen.